On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I talk about the IndyCar Detroit Grand Prix and the Formula One Spanish Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rev Hang. I'm Nathan, and alongside me across the airwaves, thanks to the mighty power of the internet and virtually all those good things, is my good friend and co-host, Ben Bagley. How you doing, Ben? I'm good. I'm so digital right now. So digital. We are in that era, yes. <laughs> um, how's, uh, how's your week been? It's been busy. It's been uh, It's been nice outside, so I got a little bit of a... A sunburn that'll turn into a tan, hopefully. Uh, and there is a local car show by where I live, a uh, big classic car show. So I went and spent most of the day yesterday at that, watching all the cool cars, breathing in all of the leaded gasoline fumes. Uh, ah, lowering your so IQ one little bit at a time. It it was pretty good. I think I think it was worth it. I saw some beautiful cars. I really want I'm a sure. C3 Corvette to. Uh, Turn into a race car now. That is the best generation, in my opinion. I love I that car. I think they're really underrated. Very beautiful. Uh, the interior is garbage, but the exterior makes up for it. Yeah, in so many ways. It all out anyways when you turn into an autocross car. Exactly. <laughs> so you get it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we've got a couple races to go over this week, so let's just jump right in, starting with the Detroit Grand Prix in IndyCar. We'll go through qualifying real quick to give you some context. The top 10 in qualifying were Alex Pillow on pole position, followed by Scott McLaughlin, Roma Grosjean, Scott Dixon, Joseph Newgarden, Marcus Erickson, Will Power, Simon Paginot, Felix Rosenquist, and Pato Award. Moving into the race, Pillow got a great jump to maintain the lead on the start. Uh, on the first lap, Eilat hit Kirkwood actually into the first corner and absolutely demolished Kirkwood's rear wing. Uh, Kirkwood was able to get back to the pits and get that serviced. Uh, um, a little later into the race, Award fell a lap down after he had a bad pit stop. His wheel came loose on the next lap and he ended up in the wall. Uh, unfortunately, that was a DNF for Pato, uh, no fault of his own. On lap 51, Graham Rahal hit the wall, followed by uh, Benjamin Peterson under caution no less uh, both of them well Ray Hall made the biggest mistake I'd say just kind of lost concentration and drove straight into the concrete barrier and then Benjamin Peterson did not have time to turn away from him after he came around that corner which was a blind corner so unfortunately both of them did not finish the race um, after the restart power took the lead from Polo on lap 56 and then about nine laps later on lap 65, Polo took it back in the same corner. Felix Rosenqvist and Alex Rossi swapped positions several times at the end of the race and made contact twice. They definitely both had their elbows out and were not afraid to hit their own teammates. It was pretty crazy to watch. Uh, on lap 80, Roman Grosjean hit the wall and ended his race. Just a lapse of concentration. He hit the inside of uh, one corner and it shot him into the outside wall of that same corner. I will say, uh, uh, they did come out with a statement. It sounds like he had a suspension problem that led to that. Yes, so he did have a suspension problem. Um, they were saying it made the car extremely difficult to drive. So he was very frustrated with himself. You could see him smashing his steering wheel and pounding himself in the helmet after the crash. But uh, 
if the car was that undrivable, then you can't really fault him that much. Uh, just still unfortunate for him as he is probably out of the championship hunt now. Yeah, he's a. Uh, I think that makes him fifty-fifty for race completions. Yeah, not great, not not great at all. Um, but hopefully next season he'll uh, have some better luck. He just needs to fix his oval his oval problem, and then I think he'll do a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, on lap ninety, uh, Scott Dixon hit Will Power, letting both McLarens through. Power was able to recover quickly and made up those two positions again. And then uh, we had some some uh, elbows out and jostling, but in the end, the podium was Polo Power and Felix Rosenquist. So what a crazy results. race! Yeah, it was absolutely wild. Uh, I only caught the last half of it. I was actually out of town for most of the weekend, and I got back and flipped on Peacock and uh, was able to catch the last fifty laps or so. Um, Very cool. But it seems like that's where most of the action was anyway, so it was definitely fun to watch that. Yeah, yeah, the first half was definitely a lot of drivers getting to grips with the track with so much traffic. Uh, it's just yeah. such a bumpy track, and it's so tight, and it's unforgiving, uh, which yeah. I think makes for really exciting racing. I'm, I'm sure the drivers had a, a very different opinion of it. Uh, yes. But it was... <laughs> cool to see a track that really challenged the drivers and really pushed them and really punished mistakes yeah absolutely it was you know it's one of those weird things where this feels like the first real street circuit to me and when i say that i mean like in a lot of street circuits they'll get creative and make it kind of an actual track with normal ish turns they'll figure out ways to make non 90 degree turns uh but Detroit was absolutely not that way. Every single corner was a 90-degree turn. Uh, and you don't yeah. see that too often, even in street tracks. Yeah, and there's still like great places for passing. Like that hairpin at turn three, you saw a lot of drivers just go wide around there and put in the guts to try to get around the outside of people. Yeah, turn three seemed to be everybody's favorite spot to overtake, which makes sense. Um, but yeah, it was a really interesting track. Um I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I, it was a very good race. I think we'll have to see how future races are, but I could definitely see this becoming a fan favorite in the future, kind of like Nashville has become a fan favorite. Um, Nashville's another very technical, very bumpy, difficult track, and it's also a street circuit. So um, we'll see. Uh, I, I did enjoy the race. that I, The last half of the race that I did see, though, it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah it was really exciting. Alright, going through the results real quick. Podium was Palo, Power, and Rosenfist, followed by Dixon and Rossi in the top five. Six through ten was Kyle Kirkwood, who had an absolutely fantastic recovery drive after being last after the first lap and almost going a lap down. He managed to recover all the way back up to P6, which is actually insane in an IndyCar race. Um, seven through ten was McLaughlin, Armstrong, Erickson, and Newgarden. 11 through 15 was Herda, DeFrancesco, Pagano, Canapino, and Daly. 16 through 20 was Lingard, Harvey, VK, Castro Neves, and Peterson. Uh, looks like Peterson did not DNF, like I said earlier. That's my bad. Um, 21. 
Let's see where the DNFs end. Okay, 21 and 22. Rounding off the finishers were Ferrucci and Stingray Rob. And then all of our DNFs were David Malukas, Roman Grosjean, Graham Rahal, Pedo Award, and Callum Eilat. We had not as many DNFs as I thought we did, but um, I could anticipate that. I, I, I can see this being a high DNF track in the future for sure. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't quite the carnage that Nashville usually is, but there is definitely still a little bit of spectacle for people who like that kind of thing. Yeah, imagine if it rained, like, Ugh. if it rained on that track, they're just... Imagine rained. the puddles. Oh my goodness, yeah, with all the ruts <laughs> and divots, that would be insane. Um, so our kind of talking points for this week in IndyCar, Roman Grosjean's still struggling. He did have a problem with this car, so you can't really pin that all on him. Uh, but unfortunately, Grosjean is pretty much out of the championship now. He is a hundred and what is that? Hundred and twenty-eight points behind, behind Alex Pillow in the lead. Um, I don't see anybody making up that that amount of points with with the amount of races that are left. Early season twenty twenty-one Red Bull moment. Yeah. They're at the tipping point where you could be more likely to finish the race or more likely to not finish a race. Yeah. Um, he's 50-50 on finishes, I think you said, this season. Yeah. Uh, not not ideal, <laughs> for sure. But he no. is very fast, and I think he's fast enough to where he has job security, at least for next year. Um, oh, for sure. But he definitely needs to challenge for the championship next year. Uh, ideally for him, I'd say. But uh, he's getting a lot of criticism from people, which I won't say is undeserved, but I also will say that people are being a little harsh on him, I think. Um, and I think his past reputation is kind of haunting him a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I hope he turns it around. I really love the guy. He's a great story, a fantastic story. If you've followed him since his Formula One days and kind of how his Formula One career ended... Uh, the fact that he's even back in a race car is insane and um, very admirable. Yeah. So um, I really want him to do well in the future. I'm a huge, huge fan of his, and it makes me sad every time I see his car broken. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like you are saying, I think he has a good shot at getting another chance last year or next year. Yeah. Um, Stingray Rob still struggling. Uh, like we keep saying, the race is that he does finish. He finishes last, and that pattern has continued this race. Uh, he ended three laps down. Um, not entirely sure how that happened, but uh, well, actually, well, I am sure how that happened. Stalled out, wasn't it? Yeah, he stalled in the same corner like three times throughout the race. Yeah, <laughs> uh, one lap per. Yeah, one of one of the stalls was because of contact from behind, so it wasn't really his fault. Uh, but I think the other two were just him making a mistake on his own. Um, he's just—I <laughs> hate to beat a dead horse, but he's got to do better. Yeah, uh, he can't—he can't just finish last every week, or not finish the race, and expect to be in IndyCar for an, any extended period of time. Yeah, yeah, it's a competitive field. And yeah, absolutely. Benjamin Peterson's been doing pretty well. Uh, Lundquist or Lungard, I keep on trying to mix uh, Felix <laughs> Rosenquist and uh, Christian Lungard's names together. Uh, yeah, Lungard uh, did really well last season. 
Um, so he's got a, a tall order and a, a bunch of shoes to fill, and I don't really see him doing that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. Um, what else we got here? Padua Ward slowly is losing his grasp on the championship. He's now 82 points behind Pillow in first. Um, he's uh, slipping. He's, he's got a he's got a ways to climb back. He's still in it, but uh, Pillow would have to DNF a couple of times for him to really get back into the fight. Yeah, another uh, driver who just he's had some unlucky crashes and is just not getting any points. This really hurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, also Pillow is 51 points ahead of Marcus Erickson, who's in second. So Pillow's honestly just running away with it. Yeah. Uh, he's. I mean, he's. I mean, the 50 points is definitely doable with what 10 races left or something like that. Um, but. I mean, people have to really start getting on top of that because if the if the lead extends any more than this right now, it's going to become very, very, very difficult to catch him. Yeah, and Pelot's just been so consistent. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, I mean, yeah, when he's 51 points ahead of Ericsson, he could DNF, and the only way he doesn't maintain the lead of the championship is if Ericsson wins. And at that point, I think he'd be one point behind Erickson. So he's got quite quite the cushion there. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that could that whole scenario could very easily happen with how good Erickson's been this year. And then anybody can DNF on any given day. That's No one's immune to that. <laughs> this is IndyCar. Absolutely. Uh, but that kind of rounds off IndyCar for this week. Let's move on to Formula One. Oh, boy. Uh, the Spanish Grand Prix was this week in Barcelona. We were at the new track layout without the horrible, horrible chicane. The new old uh, track layout. The new old track layout, yeah, because this is the one that they had before the chicane. Uh, it's also still kind of new because before the, I think, turn 10 was more of a right angle. Now it's a little more sweeping. Um but, I mean, other than that, it's it's pretty close to the same track. This is the MotoGP layout, officially. Um, huh, and, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, but uh, I actually, after watching this race, like the layout a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was actually one of the more entertaining races of the season. This was. Um, this also was the first race of the season where we had no DNFs and not a single yellow flag. So yeah, I guess you're right. It was green flag all the way through, which is kind of crazy. You don't see that too often. And uh, it seemed like a very short race. It went by very quickly. Uh, I was yeah. half awake for most of it, granted. Um, but <laughs> uh, even still, it seemed like a pretty quick race. Um, but it was also very entertaining. There was lots of overtaking, which doesn't happen too often or hasn't happened in the past in Spain. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I remember I I just watched the uh, highlights for the IndyCar race, uh, and then I went and watched the full F1 race, and mm. I listening to the commentators see like one of the first overtakes of the race is like that's yeah, an overtake, and I was like yeah it's just an overtake, and then I realized like oh yeah I'm watching Formula One that was like a pretty good overtake. Yeah, it doesn't happen too often, especially in in Spain in the past. Yeah, uh, I think this this change removing that chicane. 
and keeping that last corner a very high speed corner has helped things immensely it yeah. uh, makes drs overtaking a lot easier um there didn't seem to be very many drs trains like spain was kind of famous for drs trains but there wasn't a long train like there usually is there were usually just packs of two or three drivers kind of battling it out throughout the field yeah yeah i never saw more than three or four drivers clustered together usually is around three drivers and they're all actually duking it out which is pretty cool to see absolutely all right so let's go through qualifying real quick in the top 10 uh, we had Verstappen on pole, followed by Sainz, Norris, Hamilton, Stroll, Ocon, Hulkenberg, Alonso, Piastri, and Gasly. Uh, of note, Sergio Perez qualified 11th, Russell qualified 12th, and Charles Leclerc qualified 19th. Horrible, horrible qualifying for Leclerc. Granted, his car was worse for wear during qualifying, so... Uh, we don't know exactly what happened, but his car was not not having a good time. <laughs> and it wouldn't get any better for the race. Nope, did not really get much better for the race. Uh, speaking of the race, Verstappen checked out after lap one. He just drove off into the sunset like I'm pretty sure most of us thought he would. Um, Norris and Hamilton collided into turn two. That ruined Norris's race, unfortunately for him. He broke his front wing and had to come in uh, for a pit stop at the end of the first lap. And then he kind of trundled around at the back of the field for the rest of the race. Um, Perez slowly crept through the field throughout the race. He didn't really move as quickly as I think he maybe should have. Um, but he did end up uh, getting up to P4 by the end. Uh, Hamilton moved up to P3 on lap 8. Uh, on lap 11, Russell passed Ocon for P5. Alonso moved up to P9 on lap 21. Hamilton passed Sainz for P2 on lap 28. Russell passed Sainz for P3 on lap 35. And Perez passed Sainz for P4 on lap 53. So the second half of the race was Sainz just slowly moving backwards. Uh, unfortunately for him, but I think he did still do a very good job. I don't think that Ferrari is quite as quick as the other cars around it right now. No. No, especially not after the Mercedes upgrades. Yeah. Uh, Sonoda forced Joe off the track on lap 56 and earned a 5 second penalty for that. That dropped him out of the points by the end of the race. And after a lot of kind of minor jostling throughout the midfield, the top three at the end of the race for Verstappen, Hamilton, and Russell. We're back to the Verham. Yeah, Verham. Yeah, if only we had Bot on the podium. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounded like he had some kind of floor issues after the race they inspected and saw a lot of floor damage, uh, which explains why he was so... I mean, he hasn't been doing great this season, but he was especially uh, poor this season, so or this race, so that kind of yeah. helps explain it. Yeah, Bottas, I haven't really thought about that, but yeah, Bottas has not been doing super well this season. He's been being consistently beaten by his teammate, and Joe actually scored points this race. Yeah, uh, yeah. my girlfriend actually asked, I was like, wait, who is Valtteri Bottas just now this oh. race? Because the, the announcers brought him up. I was like, man, that is rough. Wow, yeah, if you're race six or seven or whatever it is now and she's asking who Bottas is oh <laughs> how times you change imagine, imagine that in 2020 yeah well ah uh, man 
That's the poor guy. I mean, I guess he you went from a Mercedes to an Alfa Romeo, so I mean, what can you really expect? But yeah, uh, unfortunate that he's not really a household name anymore. He's a household name in my heart. Of course, we all know who he is. Uh, bought ass, as we as we all know from uh, Formula One Drive to Survive on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> moving on, uh, the results of the race, uh, top five were Verstappen, Hamilton, Russell, Perez, and Sainz. Six through 10 were Stroll, Alonso, Acon, Joe, and Gasly. 11 through 15 were Leclerc, Sunoda, Piastri, DeVries, and Hulkenberg. 16 through 20 were Albon, Norris, Magnussen, Bottas, and Sargent. We had no DNFs, like I mentioned before. Kind of crazy. The IndyCar race uh, made up for the DNFs. Yeah, I'd say so. But it's pretty rare we have Formula 1 races with no DNFs. You don't see that too often. Um, but yeah, no DNFs, no yellow flags. All green flag running all the way through. Um, Verstappen had his first Grand Slam of the season this race. And a Grand Slam is pole position, leading every single lap. And getting fastest lap. Um, yeah, so, I think at one point he was forty seconds ahead of Hamilton in second. Yeah, I mean, I'll, it seems like he's just driving around, kind of at eighty percent most of the time. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I don't, I don't even want to. Like, he'd probably lap the whole field if he was going one hundred percent all the time. It's, it's absolutely insane. I've never seen this level of dominance even in the like like the hamilton mercedes era they were never this far out in front um yeah it's kind of nuts <laughs> uh so and i don't know i mean i would say it's the car and i think a lot of it is the car but at the same time perez is not he's not consistently pulling second place uh well, so, I mean, he's he's usually top five, but if Verstappen's beating everybody by 40 seconds, you would think that Perez should be second place most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially on a track with this long of a street and a car that's this good in the DRS zones. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think Verstappen might just be that good. <laughs> um, but Mercedes... Uh, as much as we've been talking about how good Red Bull is, Mercedes seems to be coming back. Uh, they're not on the level of Red Bull yet, clearly, but uh, in terms of being best of the rest, uh, they seem to have the second fastest car now. I would say they have surpassed Aston Martin at this point um, mm -hmm. for that. I think the upgrades that they brought in Monaco has have definitely worked to some degree. Yeah, um, yeah, the drivers just seem more confident in the cars, too. I'd say so. Hamilton said throughout practice that he was kind of struggling with the balance. Um, I would say most of that is probably just because they've completely changed the concept of their car, so it's kind of like learning a new car. Um, so that's probably all that was, but the car seems to be a lot faster. So I would not be surprised if they started to take it to Red Bull next season. Um once they kind of, now that they have the new concept nailed down and seem to have a good base to jump off of. Yeah, I hope we're all ready for the uh, a return to more consistent Hamvers 
in the future. Yeah, could be. Amber Hamilton has the new one. Yeah, Hamilton has not signed a contract for next season yet, and there are rumors floating around about his contract and Leclerc's contract. Uh, I don't know how much we can trust any of those, um, but Silly Season has done silly things in the past. Nobody expected Fernando Alonso to ditch Alpine and go to Aston Martin last year, so who knows what could happen. Yeah, yeah, I have a hard time believing that Mercedes wouldn't offer Hamilton a contract. The hard thing is, would Hamilton accept a contract if they were to offer a reduced amount or something like that? But, I mean, he and Russell have both been performing at about the same level, both, like, really consistently getting those points, so. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't I don't actually see Mercedes offering Hamilton any, anything higher than what he's getting paid now. Yeah. Uh, I don't see them trying to retain him that much. Uh, there are definitely other options, and George Russell could easily become the number one driver at Mercedes. I have no questions about that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I don't even know how long Lewis is going to stay in F1. Um, I think if he has a shot at the championship, he'll be here. So I would imagine he'll be at Mercedes at the very least next year. Uh, he might sign a two-year deal or something like that. But I would be very surprised if we saw some big five-year contract announced. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he will probably be out of the sport by 2026 at the latest. Uh, He's expressed interest in IndyCar, and I would love to see that happen. That would be cool. That would be very cool to see how he actually stacks up in the same machinery as all those other guys. Yeah, get that guy guy against Polov stat. Yeah, absolutely. Just get elbows out. (laughs) I want to see him stock car race. That would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Put that guy in a NASCAR truck. NASCAR truck. That would be something. Hamilton going from F1 to NASCAR trucks. <laughs> Talk about a downgrade. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Though. It would be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, maybe Kimi Raikkonen will end up racing against him in NASCAR someday. Yeah. That'd be that'd be pretty sweet. Um. But yeah, so Leclerc and uh, Perez both had pretty poor qualifying sessions. Leclerc, like we talked about, he had a problem with his car, but Perez uh, just didn't make the cut. I think he got yeah. blocked on one of his laps, so that could have had uh, something to do with it. But yeah, he qualified 11th. And he was out in Q2. Yeah, yeah. I mean, getting blocked like that definitely probably hurt his Q2, but you would have thought that he would have had a, a lap time fast enough earlier in Q2 to make it through, because usually the Red Bulls, even at you know 70% early in the queue, uh, are able to put down something that's good enough to take them into the next one, at least in Q3. Yeah, one thing to note is it was kind of rainy during qualifying, uh, on and off, and so there was weather to contend with, so that probably had a factor too. Um, but, you know, if you're... If you're in by far the best car on the grid and your teammates getting pulled by over half a second, uh, if you're out in Q2, that's not a great look. <laughs> no. No, speaking of uh, rain, uh, George Russell getting the uh, sweat in his helmet confused for rain at turn five. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Is there um, rain at my... turn five or am I just sweaty? You're just sweaty. <laughs> 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 yeah, my girlfriend and I started referring to him as uh, our sweaty boy. No. Our sweaty boy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Um, Lando Norris had a great qualifying session. He started third 
uh, highest McLaren has started this season. Um, but unfortunately, he had that not uh, not so great first lap, and um, unluckily for him, he ended uh, ended what where did he finish? Seventeenth. Um, so not ideal from Norris, uh, but uh, you know uh, that's that's what happens sometimes. Um, the McLaren's just not not that great this year. Hopefully they can turn the around, turn that around next year. I I miss seeing McLaren getting you know shot shots at podiums. Yeah, yeah, I miss the memes where I think they want something like McLe- uh, Mercedes isn't even the fastest Mercedes powered car in the grid this year. Yeah, Should well we had that we had that with Aston Martin for a while, but it seems like Mercedes is back on top. Yeah. Um. But if Aston keeps making strides and they continue to improve, they could definitely be a contender next season as well. Um, yeah, I think they just finished moving into their new development center, right? I don't know. I wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I know they want to get that up and running. They've got their big wind tunnel they're building. Uh, and they just announced, I guess this would be a paddock news, but I don't have a segment for that this week. Uh, they announced they are partnering with Honda in 2026 so we're gonna see a aston martin honda which is kind of a weird pairing um i don't know i I I guess maybe not but we saw it before with the red bull aston martin and honda yeah back when uh aston was one of the main sponsors for red bull yeah i don't know if they were actually paired together because i think aston martin left when renault ended their Engine partnership with Red Bull. Oh, yeah. You might be right about that, actually. Yeah, so I don't I don't know for sure. Um, but yeah, Honda will be back on the grid, uh, not with Red Bull, but with Aston Martin in 2026. Red Bull will have Ford engines by that time, which was kind of cool. But uh, Well, Ford-branded engines. Ford-branded engines. It'll be Red Bull powertrains, most likely, still. Yeah. Uh. But, yeah, lots of weird engine deals going on right now. Uh, pretty exciting for the future. I hope we get some new new teams coming in in 26. I know we have Audi. Uh, they're going to start next year taking over for Alfa Romeo. They're just kind of going to be Sauber, but branded as an Audi team. And then they're going to be full-on Audi starting in 26. Um, but if we saw Ford join or Honda... Uh, That'd be pretty cool, too, to have yeah. one of those be a full-on F1 team. I know we haven't heard a whole lot about Andretti's continued attempts to get into F1, but I'm, I'm still pulling for them to get an entry in with Cadillac. That would be very, very nice. Yes. Uh, get Colton Herta and Joseph Newgarden into F1. That would be cool. That would be, that'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> that would be quite the lineup, too, for drivers. Um, I bet I bet they would have crashed so many people out. They'd be jumping their cars. <laughs> yeah, they come in with the IndyCar mentality, which is kind of uh, aggression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Andretti will actually make it in, but I hope they do because it would be cool to have an Amer- like a, an actual American team. No shade to Haas, but I mean, they're pretty much based in the UK. Yeah, who uh, in the U.S. really cheers for Haas? Yeah, I can't 
I don't know a single Haas fan, and I live in the U.S. <laughs> we live in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. Most of us are McLaren, Red Bull, Mercedes. Uh, I actually do know an Alpine fan. It's me. Um, I'm the Alpine fan. Are you the Alpine fan? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I know two Alpine fans then <laughs> in the U.S. Uh, shout out to Karsten if you're listening. I know I told you about this, but who knows if you actually listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, regardless, yeah. I don't know any Haas fans, um, but I think if Andretti were to start and enter Formula One, there would be a massive amount of Andretti fans in the United States. I'm sure Haas would lose so many sponsors. <laughs> yeah, they'd all jump ship. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, going into the standings for Formula One real quick. In first place, obviously, it is Max Verstappen. Followed by Sergio Perez, Fernando Alonso is still in third, followed by Hamilton and Russell. 6-10 are Sainz, Leclerc, Stroll, Ocon, Gas- and Gasly. 11-15 are Norris, Hulkenberg, Piastri, Bottas, and Joe. And then 16-20 are Tsunoda, Magnussen, Albon, DeVries, and Sargent. DeVries and Sargent still have yet to score points this season. Um, as far as constructors go... In first place is Red Bull Racing by a long way. Uh, Mercedes jumps Aston Martin to uh, second place. Aston Martin is now in third, followed by Ferrari in fourth. A long way after Ferrari is Alpine, and uh, a long way after Alpine is McLaren. Uh, Alpine's kind of on an island right now (laughs) by themselves. Um, And then seven through ten is Haas, Alfa Romeo, Alpha Tauri and Williams. All right. Pit stop championship time uh, for the Spanish Grand Prix. Once again, Perez wins this one. I don't know what it is. They had a really good pit stop. Was- yeah. yeah. 2.07 seconds and is the pit, pit box time, which is pretty insane. No, it's approaching pre pit regulation times. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I don't know what it is with Red Bull, but Perez always seems to get the better pit stops. I don't know why that is. I don't know if he's just better at timing the, the green light that they, uh, you know, that they show once you're, once you're cleared. Um, but Perez always seems to have the faster pit stops between him and Verstappen. I don't, I, I can't put my finger on why that is. Uh, but anyway, Verstappen got second, <laughs> so it wasn't too far off. Uh, followed by uh, Akon, Norris, Leclerc, Sunoda, Piastri, Magnussen, and Russell finishing off the points finishers. Um, in terms of standings, Perez is way out in front. Uh, followed by Leclerc and Sainz. Ferrari's been on point with the stra- with the pit stops this season. Um, and then Archon and Verstappen, and then 6 through 10 are Gasly, Norris, Tsunoda, Hamilton, and Russell. Um, as far as constructors go, it's Red Bull out in front, followed by Ferrari, Alpine, Mercedes, McLaren, AlphaTauri, Aston Martin, Alfa Romeo, Williams, and Haas. Haas has been struggling in the pit stops this season. Um... So that's the Pit Stop Championship update for this week. Now we'll move on to Overtake of the Week. I give this to Will Power for his pass on Alex Pillow on lap 56 of the Detroit Grand Prix. It was a pretty impressive overtake. 
He uh, it was going down into turn three, coming off the long straight. He kind of dummied to the right, opened the door on the left, and then dove down the inside on the left side after switching back, and made it stick. It was it was pretty, it was very skillful. Yeah, really played the 4D chess. So many drivers have been trying to pass on the outside that I think uh, Power Song trying to do that and uh, went to cover it, and then Pelota slipped up the inside. Yeah, I think you got the name switched up there, but yeah. Dang it. No, they both start with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's totally um, Yeah, it's all good. Uh, but yeah, Power with the overtake of the week. Congrats to him. I think that's his first one this season. Um, there were a lot of great overtakes into turn three of that race, but that's the one I gave it to because there was no contact. Even though Rosenqvist had also very impressive overtakes, he did have to shove his way through to get them done. Um, but anyway, moving on to our weekly predictions. This is my favorite segment. Let's talk about last week and the Detroit Grand Prix. It was really uh, bad. Yeah, it was, yeah, we didn't do so great, um, <laughs> but let's just get into it. Uh, our prediction for a pole position. Alex Below was on pole position. What did you say, Ben? I had Rossi. And I had Erickson, neither of which did super well in qualifying. So, no. Uh, swing and a miss there. Uh, podium was Pelot, Power, and Rosenqvist. What did you have, Ben? I had two DNFs, uh, a Ward and Grosjean, and then I had Rossi, who kept on to be trying fair. to get in fights with his teammate. Yeah, Rossi, uh, Rossi was in second for a while, and then he was very briefly in third, and then he dropped down to fifth, um, yep. thanks to his teammate. So, uh, unfortunate miss there, but yeah, two DNFs, and then I had Erickson, Newgarden, and Award, so I also had Award on the podium, and he did not finish the race. Erickson had a stinker, and Newgarden finished, I think, top ten, but, like, seventh or something, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um... And then winning pit stops was two pit stops. What hey, you, you always got that one. I had three for mine. You had three, and I did guess two correctly. So, yes, I a will small, take that. A small light. Small little uh, constellation there. All right. Spanish Grand Prix for Formula One. Top five were Verstappen, Hamilton, Russell, Perez, and Sainz. We both guessed Verstappen as our winner, and we were both correct there. Uh, why don't you give me the rest of your top five and your dark horse, Ben? Yeah, after that I had Alonso, Leclerc, Perez, which actually was correct in fourth. I don't know how I got that one. Uh, Hamilton and Gasly. Gasly was your dark horse? Correct, yeah. Yeah, and then I had Verstappen winning, followed by Perez, Alonso, Stroll, and Sainz. And Norris, Lando Norris was my dark horse. Uh, so I was very excited after qualifying. Yeah, uh, I did get Sainz in fifth, though. Not sure how I managed that, but I'll take it. <laughs> we got the Spaniards. Yes. Um, well, different Spain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Almost. I don't know what I'm saying. Disregard. <laughs> it's late for everybody listening. <laughs> it's uh, another late night, but uh, my schedule is finally clearing up a little bit, so hopefully we won't be doing these at 11.30 p.m. Yeah. anymore. Um, but anyway, uh, fastest lap went to Max Verstappen. What did you have, Ben? I had George Russell. And I had Max Verstappen. So I did get that correct for once. Uh, yeah. driver of the day went to Lewis Hamilton. Who saw that coming? I think that was pretty well deserved after his uh, performance today. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, but we both put Fernando Alonso in our prediction, so and he did that did not pan out. <laughs> yeah, he didn't do super we well him. this race. Maybe a little bit. We've been yeah riding the Alonso hype train for a little too long there. I think this <laughs> is his first it's his first finish outside the top five this season. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is our stop. This is where we get off. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, all right. IndyCar for next week is at Road America, which is my favorite track on the IndyCar calendar and one of my favorite tracks, period, in the world. Uh, yeah, I love this circuit. Yes, I drive this in a Seto Corsa all the time. This is my probably my favorite track on that game. Um, but anyway, that's uh, beside the point. Uh, we are here in IndyCar next season. Give me your prediction for pole position, Ben. All right, I'm going to give Grosjean another shot. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm giving it to Award because uh, he did he, he did pretty well here last year, so that's my mm-hmm. reasoning there. Um, well, actually, he DNF'd last year, but he was doing very well before that. <laughs> <laughs> he was at least quick, yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> uh, was an engine failure that time. Um, but anyway, let's not jinx him even more. Uh, podium, as we're about to jinx him even more. Um what do you what do you what do you have as your podium then? It's all aboard the award hype train today. Uh after that we have Polo and Scott Dixon. Okay. And I have Award, New Garden, and Power on the podium for me. Uh winning number of pit stops, what do you got? I've got two. You won with two uh this week, so two might be the magic number for this time, who knows? Possibly. I have three this time though. So we'll see. I imagine it's going to be one of those two. <laughs> uh, we're finally learning about uh, IndyCar a little bit in terms of pit stops. It's usually either two or three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, only uh, two unless it's... Tires, there's just a lot of laps. You never know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Moving on to the Formula One Canadian Grand Prix in Montreal. Um, give me your top five, Ben. All right. I've got Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez, Russell, and Alonso with Stroll as my dark horse. Giving him right. some Canadian powers here. There you go. Um, I have Perez, Alonso, Hamilton, Russell, and Leclerc with Hulkenberg as my dark horse. Ooh. And the reason Verstappen is not on that list is uh, I'm going to make a bold prediction and say the Wall of Champions claims another champion. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since we've had a champion crash out in the final corner in Canada. So, uh, and Verstappen's a new champion, uh, so it's only a matter of time until it uh, claims another victim. That's exciting. I actually hope uh, that would be, that would be an actual curse at this point. Honestly, yeah, we'll see. Um, but uh, who knows? Okay, uh, fastest lap. What do you got, Ben? I got Russell. After seeing today's race, I think that the uh, the Mercedes car actually has a decent chance at having more pace than a lot of the other cars. Solid. Uh, I've got Alonso. I don't really have a good reason why, especially after watching this race, but I made this prediction before uh, I even watched this race. So um, Alonso hype train. Maybe we have one more stop. <laughs> Maybe we have one more stop. Uh, all right. Driver of the day. What do you got? Lance Stroll. Home country advantage, baby. Let's go. Let's go. And I've got Lewis Hamilton, which I think is a little more realistic in terms of <laughs> more more realistic than my Alonso fastest lap. Oh, okay, uh, I thought you were saying more realistic than Stroll, which I think no, is I wasn't trying to throw shit. 
<laughs> I wasn't trying to throw shade, and I realized that as I said that. I was like, oh, that's probably... I need to clarify this. Uh, but, yeah, I think Hamilton, after watching Spain, I think is uh, on the up and up. And honestly, if I had watched Spain before I made these predictions, they would probably be a little different. But um, keeps we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That rounds off our predictions for this episode. Let's move on to everybody's favorite segment on Red Hit Refang. Ben's words of word. Can I say? Can I speak words, please? Uh, Ben's words of wisdom. Yes. So uh, this one is related to my adventures this week, but uh, no one to cut your losses on like projects, stuff like that. Because uh, sure, there's you take a little bit of egg on your face here you know, working on something and all of a sudden you have to let it go and redirect your efforts elsewhere. But sometimes it can be a, a more waste of energy and a better use of resources to just cut your losses uh, and move on to the next thing or uh, try something else. Okay. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, you don't want to waste time on beating a dead horse like, uh, you know, talking about Stingray Rob's troubles. But uh, yeah. anyway... <laughs> i'm just throwing games, yeah <laughs> it's that point in the evening where i'm just angry and taking it out on undeserving people uh but it's <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh, i'm not angry i'm just tired that's that's what i'll say um <laughs> it's easy to get those confused yeah it's the same thing in most most situations um but anyway, thank you everybody so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Rev Hang, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. If you want to see updated standings for IndyCar and F1 or a calendar of upcoming races from all sorts of different series, check out our website, RevHang.com. If you have a question about racing or about us, hit us up on Twitter using hashtag RevHangPodcast and we may feature your question on a future episode. You can also follow Ben on Instagram at Benji Meets World and myself at 2N underscore squared. You can find the RevHang Instagram account uh, just at RevHang Media, um, where I tag Ben and myself in most of the posts. We'll be back in two weeks to talk about, Indi- about the IndyCar Grand Prix at Road America and the Formula One Canadian Grand Prix in Montreal. Until then, I have been Nathan. And I'm Ben. Thanks for hanging out, guys. See ya.